Welcome in. This is your Wednesday live chat for the Olympic Games, which get underway in like three and a half hours. Uh, so get your lineups in, get your bets in. I believe everything's going to lock in like three or three and a half hours because it is essentially Thursday morning in Tokyo. Welcome in. This time is yours. The next hour or so, I'll go through as many questions as I can in the chat so we can talk through this from a lot of different angles. I think there's a lot of great storylines. I think there's some interesting things. There are a lot of guys we don't know about. I'm happy to pull them up for as much data as we have available on them. All that good stuff. Um, the only other announcements are that tonight, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, there is still going to be a jock market power hour, and that is um, it's going to be a little bit different. There is no contest for the Olympics this week. There's no cash market, so it's going to give Joe and I an opportunity to um, go through all the data. Uh, kind of talk strategy with you, talk about the new things that are coming, reminisce on some of the good performances, the bad performances. It's going to be a fun hang. The tournament's going to have started by then. Join us. It'll be a good time. We'll give away 100 bucks. And then also, um, the other big announcement, it revolves around uh, these. So I don't know if you've seen these. I mentioned these on the uh, the Monday DFS preview. These are custom foot joys uh, signed, and I believe worn, by Sung JM at the WGC FedEx St. Jude. Don't quote me on the worn part, but they're like, they're like dirty, right? Like they came with like grass stains on them. So maybe during a practice round, maybe during the actual event, I'm not sure, but they are signed by him. Um, and I'm going to give these away if Sung J medals. So that's, that's the deal. Um, I have two of them. So you see the other one here. And, uh, the idea is that, um, if Sung Jay medals, I will give one away and I will raffle one away. The raffle uh, proceeds will go to St. Jude's, uh, the Children's Hospital, and then, of course, the, the giveaway is just going to be a giveaway. There's three ways to enter. Uh, the first way, actually, you got to go back to the DFS preview and leave a comment. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, all that good stuff. That's one way. Uh, way number two is to retweet uh, the tweet that is, uh, I think it's pinned on the top of my Twitter page. And also there's a link in the description. And then the third way would be to leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. Uh, that will also be linked in the description. You do all three and you get three cracks at winning a shoe signed by Sungjae, custom made for him. Uh, custom foot joy. All right, let's jump into the questions. Hi, Rick. I wonder how the ownership projection is calculated on the cheat sheet. Uh, love it, by the way. Is this related with all generated lineups? All right, so good question right out of the gate. Ownership is going to be very, very important this week. And also, um, it's probably the least confident I've ever been in ownership. And I'll just be straight up with you. Here, here's the deal. I, I think this ownership's okay. Um, the idea that we have a field that we have never seen before where, you know, it's essentially a tournament of champions field where you have 30 guys who are pretty good, but sometimes you get, you know, some bad winners and then sometimes the top players don't come and it's a 30 man field. And then you had 30 more guys that we never see who play on circuits all over the globe. And we only see it you know, once every four or five years. So it's very, very, it's a very difficult formula for ownership this week. Now I've done it the same way that I always do it, which tends to be very, very accurate or at least accurate by most standards, right? Uh, now it does not, Philippe, it does not include generated lineups. I do not keep 
any generated lineup information from the lineup builder or the lineup optimizer. It does not get stored anywhere. I actually don't like the idea of using ownership data from generated lineups because that means you're storing that information. And it means that it, it just takes one uh, one person to say, oh, let me see what these lineups are. Or let me see, uh, oh, this guy's good. Let me see what he's playing this week and what his leverages are going to be. We've seen this before uh, in, in the DFS community. It is a very slippery slope. I do not keep any information. So this is not coming from user-generated data. Very good question. Um, Brady says, uh, Hey Rick, thanks for the awesome content. Thank you. Thoughts on Shane Lowry this week. Also wanted to get some more thoughts on Audrey Arnis, Adri Arnis, I believe is how he pronounces it. Um, yeah, I'm an okay fan of, of Arnis. Uh, we can, we can dive into Shane Lowry a little bit here. I'll pull him up on the golfer profile page. This is, um, rickrungood.com. All of the tools that you see me roll through are going to be available there. Good news for Shane Lowry is this right here. He has been a ball striking machine. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I think I counted that right. Uh, straight events in which he has gained strokes on approach. And then he had the 12th place finish at the Open Championship, which we don't have the advanced metrics on because they do not exist. That's the good news. The bad news for Shane Lowry is Bentgrass is by far his worst surface. Um, he's not particularly a good putter in general. If this is by far his worst surface, if that matters to you, Brady, Hey, you should, you should consider it. Otherwise pretty good ball striker. And then Arnis is kind of interesting as well. And for the first time ever, I'll show you something that's not a Rick run good page because some of these guys we're going to have to go deep into the OWGR for. So here's Arnis. He's from Spain. He's the 163rd ranked player in the world. He's made his last two cuts, although there's nothing particularly special here. I don't know if you guys can even see this, how far I have to zoom in for this, um, where, you know, he made the cut at the Scottish, made the cut at the Irish Open. He has a bunch of top 10 and a, top, a bunch of top five finishes this year. The good news is uh, the events that he played really well in, especially earlier in the year, were real big time events. DP World Tour, that's a big time event on the European Tour. Matt Fitzpatrick won that. A, a, Abu Dhabi, that was won by, I believe, Terrell Hatton. And then the uh, Omega Dubai was won by Paul Casey. These are real big time events. So I'm a little bit worried that he's a hair reliant on the putter and that he's cooled off since that time frame. But in general, I think that he is a pretty decent play. Is there anyone you like outright for a fun ticket? Fun is in, I'll probably lose the bet. And I want someone with a unique narrative that's fun to root for. I already took Sung Jae and Siwoo. Yeah, th that's, those are the easy ones, right? I think there's just going to be a lot of FOMO uh, bets and, and putting these guys in your lineups. And who am I to tell you that is wrong? We've waited five years for this. I don't spend your money. You don't spend mine. Um, I will have a Sung Jae ticket. I will have a Siwoo Kim ticket. I'm certainly not going to miss out on the boat. I've treated this week as much more recreational than most, right? I usually take it very seriously. I keep track of results, things like that. Um, you know, coming off a great cam champ win. Let's just have a little fun. Let's have a little fun. Hey, Rick, can you discuss laying a blueprint six pack, then maybe out of nowhere six pack? Aaron, it's a great question. I'm not going to go through 12 specific golfers, um, but I do think that um, maybe Justin Thomas would be the out of nowhere guy because uh, quite frankly, since the Players' Championship, he has not played all that well. And Justin Thomas, you usually see it coming, which is what we saw for the Players' Championship. 
So at the Players' Championship in the weeks before, you could see he was building towards a lot of great approach play. He was um, a, a zero putter at the start before, and he was terrible off the tee, and that's something he was probably not going to do again. He started to lay the blueprint. We're not quite seeing that blueprint being laid uh, by Justin Thomas at the moment, with, but you, you take the fact that this is a course that I think is really going to reward uh, guys that can carry the number that they are trying to carry because of the angulation at, um, at, uh, Kasumi Gaseki, you really have to fly the ball, the right number missing pin high on the PGA tour just means you're, you know, 15 feet right or 20 feet right or left of the pin. Um, here you might be off the green with the way that these angles actually go. So it's pretty important to, to, uh, fly the number, the correct distance and, and have a lot of, um, a lot of accuracy with your approach shots. Uh, the other thing is um, we know he is just a no-cut master, right? Nine of his 14 PGA Tour wins have come in no-cut small field events. The guy who's probably laying the br- blueprint best, um, I wonder if it's Hovland. You know, let's look at Hovland's numbers here. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. So I wish we had his open championship numbers, but the fact that he's uh, gaining strokes on approach in five consecutive, uh, the putter at the U.S. Open for Torrey Pines was a little bit better, but he had to withdraw with the um, sand in the eye. Remember that one? And I wish we knew how he played at the open championship, but he finished 12th. This to me looks like a guy who's often laying the blueprint for success. Good question. Rick, this course and Quail Hollow are both par 71, 7,400 yards. Do we play Rory Hovland or JT Hovland north of 7K, assume to get leverage? Okay, so this is kind of an interesting question as well. If we go to the course key stats page, what I allow you to do here is to change the tournament. So if we want to play Quail Hollow, whoops. If we want to use Quail Hollow, um, that's going to be the Wells Fargo Championship. So if we go look at the the, uh, types of skill sets that are most highly correlated to success at Quail Hollow, stroke gain off the tee is pretty significantly the one. uh, Driving distance is pretty important too. Strokes gained approach is important too. So if we run a model off of this very quickly here, let's call it last 36 rounds and know that half the field we probably don't even have substantial data on because they don't play on the PGA Tour uh, very frequently. But if we put a lot of heavyweight on, um, you know, we put 30 off the tee, we put no, let's do 40 off the tee, 30 on approach, a little more on driving distance. I, I know that's encapsulated in, um, in, in strokes gained off the tee as well. And then we just split up around the green and putting just for, for kicks here. And we sort this, uh, yeah, JT's number one, Johnny Vegas, number two, Victor Hovland, number three. So of those names that you mentioned, Ryan, uh, in my very quick custom model comp to quail hollow, uh, JT and Hovland would be one and three Rory would be seven. Take it for what it's worth. Hey, Rick, how are you? I'm doing well, Jay Money. Thank you. Um, I hope you're doing well as well. Who will be the guy that meddles and will make us facepalm that we all overlooked him when we shouldn't have? Well, there's a couple of ways to look at this. Um, generally speaking, and we've only seen this once, right? There's only been one modern day Olympics. The cream rose to the top. Um, now, I think that guy uh, could be... Justin Thomas, right? I mean, if we're if we're saying the ownership game, right? So if we're saying Justin Thomas is probably half the ownership of Colin Morikawa and Xander Shoffley, are we overlooking him? The answer is probably yes. Is he he is the guy that if he medals, we'd be like, okay, that makes complete sense. He's one of the top players in the world. This is a course that 
probably fits him at a format that probably really fits him. So he's probably the guy. <clears throat> JG says the typhoon forecast and soft conditions help one player the most and hurt one player the most question mark. Um, maybe, uh, soft conditions generally help. Um, I call them like track man approach guys, guys that can fly the number, which a lot of these guys can do. Uh, but it also helps, uh, generally poor putters because the combination of slow greens and soft greens and, uh, they're not going to not going to have a chance to firm it up usually helps poor putters. So guys like Paul Casey, right? Paul Casey would be a really perfect, uh, ball striker. Take advantage of the soft conditions with the approach shots, slow the greens down. Hopefully he rolls some putts in. That would, that would be the one guy that I would think. Thoughts on uh, Cam Smith and Sebastian Munoz for GPP builds this week. So Munoz, I'm lukewarm on. I'm, I'm kind of always lukewarm on him. He's going to be 7.9% owned. Again, take that for what it's worth. These are very difficult projections to come up with. Um, Cam Smith is honestly where I probably drew the line of guys in the betting market. Um, so Corey Connors was actually higher than Cam Smith that could actually win this event. You know, the, there's a couple of things that he has going for him. One, he is a full-time PGA tour player. He plays in all the big events. This stage is not going to be too big for him. Uh, he found himself in the winner circle, uh, just a couple of, of, of months ago at the Zurich classic Ben Grass is by far or not by far, but it's one of his best putting surfaces. I, I think Cam Smith has, um, is probably one of the last guys in the field with legitimate win equity. And certainly metal equity in this in this event. Actually, I did this in the tournament predictor. Let's see what the metal percentage was for Cam Smith. I simulated this event a thousand times. Oh wow. Cam Smith only meddled 5.8% of the time. I think I would have thought it was higher than that. Um, higher than Gary Kigo, higher than Alex Noren, higher than Guido. Interesting. Okay. Well, good to know. Be the right club today, says Steven. I feel you. Doing a showdown lineup tonight. I have Roro, JT, Mito, any other guys based off a of price you would have. Um, I'm not a big showdown guy. Probably not asking the right question. Or probably not. I'm probably not the right person to answer that question. How viable is Rafael Campos at 6,000? Yeah, so uh, Sia Najad, who uh, you know, comes on the First Cup podcast on Mondays, was pretty bullish on Rafael Campos. And I was trying to see... Why? Uh, quite frankly, because you see he's missed four out of his last five cuts. He had a T20 at the Barbasol. Missed, I mean, his his good results are pretty far back. It was a runner-up at Punta Cana, third place at Puerto Rico, seventh at the Corn Ferry. So if you're willing to count those events, I think it's viable. But you're talking about 12 or 14 events since then where he hasn't been all that good. Do I have do I have a bunch of strokes gain data on Campos? Some of these guys are that let's see. Yeah, I mean, he's lost strokes on approach in five out of six. I, I'm I'm not nearly as bullish here. I I I cannot get there on Campos. I do love the idea of six thousand dollars, but I can't get there. Hey Adam, or well, Adam says, Hey Rick, everyone seems to be docking Patrick Reed for travel jet lag reasons. Mito and Vegas don't seem to be getting docked in the same way, though. Thoughts. Um, my, my gut reaction says that's because Patrick Reed's 10,100 while Mito is, uh, what 72 and Vegas is 7,400. I think that the idea around when you need, when you're spending $10,100, you kind of need a guy that's going to win. 
Um, and if that is a tiebreaker for some of these other top tier players, it's kind of hard to swallow. It's not nearly as hard to swallow for a guy who is $3,000 cheaper. So that would be my assumption on that. Um, while I'm thinking about this, uh, reminded that there is a jock market power hour tonight at 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. Jock market is stock market DFS. You have the ability to bid on shares of golfers on Wednesdays and then trade them, buy and sell between Thursday and Friday. They're constantly making new ad- uh, uh, updates and adjustments and the, li- and the markets are getting much more liquid. You can see how it has uh, played out uh, in recent weeks. I have the 3M open and all the data from cash markets on rickrungood.com. Uh, it's under free tools. You can check it out. It's under jock market. You can download all this data. And the guys in that 4 5 and $6 range have just been absolute money makers. You know, Cam Champ was $5.11 last week, paid out the full $25 for winning. Even for guys that don't win, Charles Schwartzel, $5 on Wednesday last week, finished at $18, which means you made $13 a share. It's a really cool, fun way to play. The execution is much better than anything we've seen from other similar type um, apps or or things that have been done in the past. And you can use the code Rick to get up to a $50 deposit bonus. And there's a power hour tonight and we'll give away a hundred more bucks to the jock market. So absolutely join us there. Carson says, can we take a deep dive into DFS ownership, which I believe will be critical this week? I agree with that sentiment. I have also um, been telling people uh, it's all about ownership this week. You know, there's there are so many players in the field that the vast majority of the public uh, do not know nor care about and uh, finding those leverage spots. And it's, it's very similar to the tour championship, in my opinion, finding the guy that's going to significantly improve his position. He doesn't have to win. If I remember correctly, Mackenzie Hughes went from like 25th to seventh with the starting strokes at the tour championship. He won everybody all the money. That's the guy you're looking for. So you're looking for these kind of lower owned, maybe guys in the $7,000 range that are going to finish T12, T9, something like that. That's the way you're going to be able to do this. So again, This ownership is very hard to calculate. It's the same process that I did every single week, but with so little information and a field that has never been, um, you know, composed of like this in the last five years, you should not be treating these ownerships as gospel. And anybody telling you that they've got perfect ownership projections this week is lying to you. I have Paul Casey coming in as the uh, highest projected owned golfer, 40%. Keep in mind, uh, you are going to have 10% of the field in your lineup. So these are uh, certainly inflated ownership numbers. Uh, Victor Hovland and Colin Morikawa checking in at 33%, which kind of puts Justin Thomas in the sandwich pricing at 17% because people are rather uh, go up and pay for uh, Colin Morikawa or spend down on Xander or Victor Hovland. Uh, those are the only four guys that I have over 30%. Sung J M is certainly catching a lot of steam. There is a huge narrative around him. Um, he's a great player. People like him in general, but they're not going to miss their opportunity to play him and Siwoo Kim. Siwoo I have at 18%. So um, we can kind of talk about those players individually, but ownership will be critical this week. And it's a good segue into Evan's question about the narrative. Uh, behind Sung J, Siwoo, and Hideki. Do they get a subjective boost or demerit? Are you treating them like any other week? Uh, yeah, I mean, I personally am. So so I think in general, the public is giving them a sentimental boost. You're seeing that in ownership. You're seeing that in their betting odds, uh, which for me, then I have to say, well, because I treat them uh, like like I do every single week, I, I, have to, I have to knock them, right? Because they would have what I would deem to be um, inflated ownership. Now, 
with that being said, uh, I think the avoid is is in the DFS markets, uh, DraftKings, things like that, where ownership matters. Um, I I have a bet in on Sung Jae and Siwoo. I'm happy happy to disclose that. I'm not going to I'm not going to miss out. But to me, you know, as long as the line doesn't move, it doesn't matter. Uh, how many of us are, are betting Sungjae and Siwoo, but it matters how many people are playing them. So uh, that is the way I've chosen to approach it. And the last thing I'll add on that, Evan, is that the um, the odds didn't really change on on Siwoo all that much. I think five points um, when John Rahm and Bryson DeChambeau withdrew. And I thought that was interesting. Hey, Rick. First of all, I'd like to thank you for all your great info on your website. Thanks, Jeff. Now, would you fade players that play in the 3M to, due to time differences? So, yeah, this is this is tough, uh, but I think there's only three of them, right? It's Vegas, Reed, uh, Pereira. I don't think I'm missing anybody else. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think it's very easy to knock Reed because he's expensive. Um, I'm I'm fine to play Mido. Young guy, he's much cheaper. Um, he's been playing great. I'm I'm happy to do that in Vegas. I'm kind of lukewarm on. He's just going to be very very popular again, and um, I don't I don't think I have to go there. I think there's other guys, other pivot spots. Rocking the tiger hat. That's right, the tiger eighty three hat, which I can't believe exists. Someone told me that the arrow they think it means like eighty three is coming, so like maybe this was made and released, like as a he's going to break the all time wins record type of thing. I'm just pretty surprised it exists, and the logo is um top-notch. Can you deep dive Munoz? Keeps popping up in lineups and very overweight on him at the moment. Oof. I'm not sure if I'm happy to hear that or not. Um, I generally like Munoz, especially in a no-cut event because he is very, very volatile. We've seen him go on those absolute crazy birdie streaks. The problem with that I have with Munoz is he never foreshadows it. And you talk about his skill sets. Like, What are Sebastian Munoz's skill sets? Um, I don't know. He's 73rd approach. He's 102nd in putting. He's 76th off the tee. He's very, very average. The good thing that he has going for him is that some weeks he's horrible and some weeks he's great. I'd rather that and have finishes where he goes T4, T3, cut, 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 uh, than he finished 42nd every single week. So unfortunately for Munoz, one of the most difficult golfers to actually um, predict because look, I mean, he can gain eight strokes on approach. He can be a zero, zero, gain three, lose four. Then you go to, you know, around the green, gain you one and a half, lose you two and a half, putting, same thing. So uh, he just rarely foreshadows it, Joseph. So if, you, if you're feeling lucky and you're feeling like this is a, uh, a good place to go, let's rock and roll. Hit that like button. Who have you warmed on and cooled on, says Brandon. Uh, yeah, first of all, hit the like button. Good question. Um, I've probably warmed on Corey Connors and and Paul Casey. Um, and I know Paul Casey is going to be really popular. Corey Connors is a very similar skill set, right? And Corey Connors, this th- there's a chance that the best type of golfer for this event is a great ball striker, poor putter. That I know I say that a lot of weeks, but with the slow greens this week, um, the wet conditions. I could see that really benefiting those guys more than other guys in the field. Um, the other thing with Corey Connors, and I've mentioned this earlier in the week, we are just at Corey Connors fatigue for no real apparent reason. He was one of the most popular golfers all spring. Now nobody wants to play him. He still hasn't lost strokes off the tee since Genesis. 
um, has gained strokes on approach uh, almost every single week. I, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. I don't know why we've forgotten about him. And then who have I cooled on? That's a good question. Probably. It's a really good question. Neiman, I, um, you know, last Sunday, I think I was like, Neiman's going to win this event. And I still think he has a really good chance. I just, in terms of his pricing, you know, kind of got more excited about Connors, kind of got more excited about Cam Smith, kind of got more excited about Paul Casey, which leaves Neiman in the middle of that. So a lot of the lineups that I've built haven't necessarily come out with, with him. So, ah, I don't know. Hey, Rick, always appreciative. Did you ever get any more word on DraftKings not allowing PGA Olympic lines in certain states? No, uh, I, that's all I know. Apparently, there are certain states that you're not allowed to make Olympic lineups. Um, but for more information, you should probably contact DraftKings. They look like a size 10 and a half. They are a size uh, nine and a half. I don't know if I see, I didn't think they were necessarily worn because that's not the way actually, I don't, I can't remember if that was the way they were marketed or not. He might've worn for like a Monday. Do you think he wears nine and a half? It's gotta be bigger than that. Right. I don't know. I don't know how tall he is. Um, but they came like with grass in the spikes. So I, I don't know. Maybe somebody warm out there. I have no idea, but they are signed by. I live with my dad's ass. Thanks for the live stream, Rick. Which golfer do you think is most likely to pay off their DK price? Wow. Okay. So this is really just the question of like, who's the most valuable golfer on the slate, which um, I'm usually pretty good at getting. these. So let's think, let me think about this for a second. My first reaction was Paul Casey, but I've talked a lot about him. The, okay. The other, the other argument is it's Colin Morikawa, right? So if you remember, and I don't know if I have this super handy anywhere. Do I have, uh, I don't know if I have it handy, but remember when John Rahm was like eight to one to win the U S open. And we have seen some of these big name players at major championships or at some of these fields be like six to one, seven, one, eight to one DJ at the beginning of 2020 was the same thing. And Morik, how is like seven and a half to one. And this field is significantly smaller, significantly weaker. There is no cut, and he's probably the best player in the world right now. Uh, and the DraftKings DraftKings price and the odds aren't really reflecting that. So there's a really good case to be made that it's Colin Morikawa. Hercules, uh, first of all, thank you very much, has uh, dropped in with a super chat. Thank you. I have Campos, Fox, Norlander in a lineup, all 6,000 guys, but I was also able to get Xander and Morikawa. I completely skipped the $9,000 and $7,000 range. First time I've tried this strategy opinions. Uh, the $7,000 range, I'm pretty cool with skipping. Uh, there are obviously guys that I like there, but I think it is generally a dead zone and there are better options in the 6k and it allows you to spend up. So I'm absolutely cool with that. The 9k range is a little scary to skip, but you went with two of the big dogs at the top, Xander and Morikawa. I'm so I wish I don't know who your sixth guy is. So Campos, Fox, Norlander, Xander, and Morikawa. And it probably left you with a decent, I don't know what that would leave you with. Um, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it if you're okay with it. The 9K range is a pretty scary one to skip. The 7K range, absolutely fine. Skipping out on that, no problem. And I appreciate uh, the super chat in a big way. So thank you very much. I need to know who the dark horse is. Let me give you a couple options. Antoine Rosner. Uh, 
when he gets going, great ball striker, Carl Yuan or Juan. I'm not sure. And everyone's going to hate me. I know the Slack is hating me for bringing up Carl, but got to do it. Sorry. There are not guys that I, um, do I have him in here? I thought I had him in here. Hold on. I think I have his standby. He's a corn fairy guy. Oh, I might have some filters in here. I just, I was just looking at him. How about we do this? So Slack is going to hate me for bringing this up. Here he is. Okay. Plays on the corn fairy tour plays well on the corn fairy tour. And there is a really good argument to be made that he is, uh, or that the corn fairy tour is like the second best tour on, on, on planet earth. And he's coming in with, uh, three consecutive top thirties. If you go back a couple more starts, he had a seventh in Knoxville, a runner up finish at the Simmons bank. Uh, he's been piling up top 10, top 15 finishes on the corn ferry, and he is very cheap and will probably go significantly under owned. Uh, would you agree? This is a week to be comfortable to leave a good amount on the table. You should leave it all on the table. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you see me tweet out the, uh, optimal lineups every single week, they, they often leave thousands of dollars on the table. I have no problem with that. Oh yeah. TJ is going to be mad. T How crazy am I for playing our guy at 6,700? He's talking about Carl. And then another guy at 6,100 and $200 single entry means I can play three studs fired up. Let's go. I actually did something similar. What do you think the winning score looks like? This is really hard. Um, so Kasumi Gaseki, it's been around for a hundred years. And five years ago, uh, the Fazios, Tom, and I think it was his son, Tom Jr., um, redesigned it, added 500 yards, combined two greens into one. Japan golf, Japanese golf courses usually have two greens out there for every hole. Um, modernized it, added undulation to the fairway, made it more PGA Tory, right? I also don't think that I think, I think they want action, right? There's not going to be, um, uh, like devastation out there anywhere. And with soft conditions, I think it's going to play really scorable. So what was, Ro I think Rose was like 15 or 16 under. Don't quote me on that. I think we're going to get to 20. I just think with the, I think with the conditions, Four guaranteed rounds. Some of these guys who can throw darts, 18 to 20, something in there. Hey, Rick, I'll bet you head to head. I'll take Matsuyama. You take him. Winner has to shave his face. Well, first of all, I won't. Uh, but if you have Mats Matsuyama and I have him, then uh, there needs to be odds on this. So your beard would have to be significantly larger than my beard is for that to work. Or you'd have to shave your face and your eyebrows. I'd have to be getting odds on this. So let me know. Thoughts on Siwoo this week? Um, yeah, so the Mike says it's great. It seems like he hasn't played at well, played well at all recently. Isn't that kind of the thing? Like, isn't that what he does? He's just all over the place, right? The guys, he he doesn't foreshadow anything. He's kind of all over the place, and uh, you never know what you're gonna get. So yeah, I mean, I I'm I'm just FOMO betting him. I'm not actually like super stoked about it. Is Mito Pereira worth an outright bet uh, or to win a medal? Probably not. I mean, listen, there are there are different, <laughs> there are there are certainly guys I like down there, right? There's a lot of guys I like down there. The chances of them actually meddling are pretty slim. Um, you know, you know, I I I have Mito Pereira in my projections. I don't know if you guys can see this or not. I'll scroll down. This is the tournament predictor. I had him meddling. 0.8% of the time. Now he doesn't have a lot of data. Uh, so he kind of gets knocked for that, but it's, 
it's a very small chance. You know, the, the top tier guys with four guaranteed rounds are most likely to meddle here. I mean, even someone like Cam Smith, I only having him, I only have him meddling 5.8% of the time. So no, I do not think it is worth a bet. What I think you should do is you got to play these guys in things where you win if they exceed their expectations. So if you can bet them top 20, top 30, if you can get them, um, I wish there was jock market this week, but that's the idea of jock market, right? Where you're just trying to get a guy to beat the public sentiment. That's why jock market's so great. You can have a guy finish 32nd, 42nd, and still make you money. So I, I don't think it's worth a bet on that. Um, I'd love to see it, but I, I don't think so. If you could find a top 10 or a top 20, I'd be a lot more comfortable. Who is the biggest birdie machine? Well, a couple ways we can do this. Um, let's just rock it this way. I'll just go down to the course key stats. I'll say last 50 rounds. We'll sort by birdies. Colin Morikawa. Oh, Mito Pereira. He has he doesn't have as many rounds as everybody else. Victor Hovland, Cam Smith, Xander Shoffley uh, in the low tier. Campos, baby. Campos makes uh, four a round. Also makes more bogeys than everybody else. But listen, that's valuable in, in DraftKings scoring. Not enough people are talking about TP. Who is TP in this situation? Thomas Peters? I thought everybody was talking about him. I thought it was going to be pretty popular this week. Favorite value play under 7,000. Um, for me, I, I have to give you a couple here. So Carl, Juan or Jan? I will figure that out. Juan, I believe he pronounces it. Ryan Fox is kind of interesting as well uh, because he is a staple on the European tour. Hits it far. I don't mind that. Arnis, I'm like a five out of 10 on, maybe a six out of 10. Not super excited, but I get it. And then that's probably it. How much is Rosner? Rosner's like 70, yeah, 7,600. So he's not under 7K. Bro, do I trust your ownership projections or, or Data Golf's ownership projections? He, he, they vary wildly. Uh, yeah, as I mentioned at the top, this is by far... Uh, the worst week to do projected ownership because of the field composition and the lack of data. I'm very candid to say that uh, I use the same exact process that I use every single week. That's very accurate. But if you don't trust it, I get it. No biggie. Do you? It doesn't matter to me. Um, let's do a deep dive on Dietrich. All right. Let's do it. Thomas Dietrich. I don't know how many rounds I have on him. So I only have 20 rounds since the start of, yeah. So he doesn't have a ton. His recent rounds, open championship, missed the cut. US Open, missed the cut. Lost in all the ball striking categories. PGA championship, missed the cut. Lost in all the ball striking categories. If we go to his OWGR and pull up his uh, European tour results, missed cut at Oh, that was the open champion. Okay, finished second at the Porsche and second at the Scottish. Seems a little boomer busty to me, right? So last five, miscut, second, miscut, miscut, second, 59th, miscut, 43rd, 71st, 13th, 9th. Little boomer busty to me, which might be good in this scenario. It, I don't think the field's, or I don't think the stage is going to be too big for him, right? He plays all the majors, plays all the big time European tour events. I don't think the stage is too big. I just think he's wildly inconsistent. Brian says, first time playing multiple entries this week and wondering if I should keep the same three to four guys and swap out two to get different or make them all pretty different. That is entirely up to you, Brian. Uh, the more different you make them, the more spread out you will be, which is more likely that you have something that cashes, but, least, but less likely to win something when your core hits. So it's entirely personal preference. I like to keep it tight. 
If you had to choose one, Higo or Guido for GPPs? Probably Guido. It's close. I'm actually pretty bullish on Higo generally, but um, Guido's kind of exciting for GPP purposes because he's played well. Uh, you know, he ran up a great finish at uh, the U.S. Open. Played well at the British Masters. Um, I, I think that his upside might be a lot higher than Higo's, uh, but I'm not thrilled about trying to decide between those two. Completely fading Colin Morikawa, crazy or genius? You know, you don't usually get a cookie for fading the most expensive guy on the slate, but it's probably a little more crazy than genius. The guy's been first, fourth, second, 14th, eighth. It's a place that's probably perfect for him. His salary is not necessarily all that um, hard to handle, and the odds are not really reflective of his true chances of winning this golf tournament. I actually, in the tournament simulator, um, I had, I had Morikawa winning at 12.2% of the time, um, which is a lot, the most in the field. I've answered a lot of these. So I'm just skipping, I'm just skipping through and making sure, see if we can get some new questions in here. Hey Rick, appreciate all your hard work and content. Thank you. I was able to grab Dietrich at 120 to one and Leishman, Oh, 50 to one with Circa. Nice. Um, yeah. So, uh, actually, I don't know if I want to say that. I was going to give my uh, real life time and location and places that I would be. And I decided that I'm not going to do that. Uh, but bets will be made. Uh, it is probably going to look like they're not finalized yet, but it's probably going to look like this. And again, I have treated uh, the Olympics as very much of a recreational wagering situation. So uh, FOMO bets on Siwoo and Sungjae. Let's start there. Uh, I think that betting Morikawa at seven, seven and a half, whatever you can get him um, in this field is much, much better than betting anybody else in any other field that you've seen where guys have been five, six, seven, eight to one. Uh, so I'll probably bet Morikawa. I will probably bet Casey at this point. Um, I'm really liking the way this is setting up for him. So it's probably Morikawa, Casey, Neiman, and then one more, but I'm not going to go too far down the board again. This is just outrights. I think there's only, in my Sims, I only had um, 11 golfers win the simulation at least 4% of the time. I only had 37 golfers win the simulation at least once. I'll figure out a fourth guy, but it's probably going to look something like that. Hovland answer, Neiman, core, and roll with that? Sure. Uh, Brent says, I know ownership might be high, yeah, just be different somewhere else. No problem. With no cut, does Stars and Scrubs make more sense than usual? It absolutely does. Do they have tee times out or where do I find it? They are out. Um, just Google Olympic golf tee times. Thoughts on Rosner and Hughes in the same lineup? Uh, very high upside. Very high risk. Uh, Rosner can get scorching hot with the irons. Not a very good putter. Mackenzie Hughes, very good putter. Not great everywhere else. And they're kind of both a little bit streaky, but if that's what you're looking for, fire away. Uh, I certainly have no no problem, no problem with that. Um uh, Max, Max Kiefer. Okay, Matthew says, can we do a deep dive on Max Kiefer? So I got to pull up his uh his OWGR here. So plays primarily on the European tour, hasn't played all that well since um 17 weeks into the year, what would that have been like May? So his last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven events, he's missed the cut in five of them. T39, T45 in the other two. This isn't particularly awe-inspiring. In fact, he actually plays 
a lot. He only has three top two finishes, or I'll actually give him top three finishes. He has two, three, four, five. I mean, he has five top three finishes in the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. It's not all that great. I'll just I'll just say that. It's it's not great. Just got here. Have you run a new model? Uh, kind of. I did one based off of um off of Quail Hollow because there was a comp there, and this was the result. JT Vegas Hovland Shawfley. If I was making a new one right now, um, I would probably see now that now that model is fresh on my mind though. So now that I'm, I feel as if I'm a little tainted. Um, I would probably do this. I would probably do. 25 off the tee, 25 approach, uh, 20 putting. I think you got to make a lot of birdies 20 on birdie or better, which leaves me with 10, which I'll put on three putt avoidance. And that would give me, Oh mama, Abraham answer. Number one, Colin Morikawa, two, Xander, three, Hovland, four, Pereira, five, Connors, Vegas, Neiman, Rory, Casey rounding out my top 10. Interesting. That's probably what I would run right now. Have fun with that. <laughs> Hybrid says, Arnis gained 12 strokes putting and lost nearly 10 on approach in a recent event, and that's basically how he plays. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> He's a real Mackenzie Hughes, isn't he? Rory McIlroy, Rory McIlroy, and Siwoo Kim, or Justin Thomas and Rikayu Hoshina. Let's look at Hoshina, because he's the other... Uh, Japanese representative, I believe. So Rory and Siwoo or JT and Hoshino. So Hoshino plays on the Japanese tour. He won a couple of weeks ago. Uh, now you have to keep in mind, what was the strength of field of that event? He got, let's see. Okay, it was a 14. So to put that into, into perspective, um, Let's see. 14 is pretty sour. Let's do a PGA Tour event here. 14 on the P... Why can I not scroll today? PGA Tour. Uh, the Barbasol was a 17. Okay, that's actually not bad, right? We gave we gave Seamus Power credit for that, right? Um, the Palmetto, which is wildly considered a very bad field was 197 Punta Cana's 33. So it's like half as strong as Punta Cana. It's not a great, it's not a great event. Uh, he won that a couple of weeks ago, but he got in the winner's circle, missed three out of his last four cuts. Oh, he wins actually seems to win quite a bit. You know, I was kind of leaning that way because it has JT in it anyway. I'll take that side of it. Sorry. That took me so long. Jeff S sells Rick's info as picks on vegasinsider.com. Great. Greatest form of flattery is someone steals your content and sells it like a true donk. Um, how worried are you about the Euro guys not being able to go low enough? They usually all finish towards the bottom of WGCs. Yeah, they always do, but that's just because they're not as good, right? Um, we've we had some, I mean, what I mean, some of the events that these guys win, Higo won an event at like 26 under and there were guys plenty under par. So I don't know if it's a concern about their inability to go low or just the fact that they're not as good. Um, 
So I don't know, TJ. I'd have to think more. I'd have to think more about that. Oh, forgotten narrative. CT Pan wins a million dollars if he medals. That's pretty good. Olympic betting lines weren't available on DK, Rick. They just popped up, though. They've been available for a week. That is not true. Will him and Kim be popular in the same lineup? Uh, probably. For people who only make one lineup and don't want to miss out, probably. Thoughts on Zanotti? I got to look up Zanotti. I looked up. I looked him up like four days ago, and I can't remember. Fabrizio? Hold on. Fabrizio Zanotti. I'm not very excited. I mean, these are decent. See, this is kind of like what I don't like. There was, I, I forget who, who it was that I said. Maybe it was Sebastian Munoz where I was like, oh, okay. He's going to miss three cuts in a row and then he's going to finish T2 and then T4 and then miss two more cuts. I like that volatility. Fabrizio, uh, way too consistent. Like he doesn't miss a lot of cuts, but he doesn't have a lot of great finishes. T65, 33rd, 27, 56, 22nd, 14th, missed cut. Like where's the upside? I'm, I, I just, I'd, I'd rather these guys be more volatile. That's how you win the money. Um, so yeah, he's fine. He's good. He's consistent. But is that what you're looking for? JT allowed to wear the Ralph Lauren USA uniforms this week. I imagine he is wearing whatever the official uniform is. When does golf start? In um, like two and a half hours. Because it is Thursday morning in Tokyo. Who's the lowest player owned? Uh, there's a lot of guys that check in at like, uh, I mean, basically 1%. But I, if you if you really want to know, I believe it is going to be probably, uh, so I have it projected as KK Johansson, Johansson, Johansson. But I bet you it's somebody who has a worse name. It's probably... Yuvik Pagunsan. Because people will think KK is a cool thing. They'll be like, oh, that's cool. I'll pick him. Do you like Mac Hughes at 80 to 1? I'm not sure he can win it, but I I think he can make plenty of noise. Like a lot of noise. Top five. Could he steal a medal? He would need, he would need full on. Like he ran so good at uh Honda when he finished runner-up to Sungjae. He would need something like that. Like run like a guy with the putter, which we've seen him do a bunch, and then like chip in twice. Um, I, it's really close. It's really, really, I, he is a very noisy popper, which is good in this situation. I've answered a lot. So if I'm skipping your question, I've probably answered it. Uh, so you should go back. How did the name Rick run good come about? Uh, I just, in college, everything kind of went my way or whatever. And people say, oh, you're right. You just run so good. Like you are just Rick run good. I don't run bad. So Rick run good. It's stuck. And now boom, boom. Uh, Ashen woo deep dive. There's a deep one. So actually uh, it's funny because I guess it's not funny, but it's the way that he should be always uh, referred to on when he plays. Uh, why can't I find him? When he play, he's he goes by Ashen Wu in most tournaments, but technically it is Wu Ashen because right family name comes first. Um, so primarily on the Euro Tour, not a ton to get excited about. Zero top threes in the last three years. He only has four top tens in the last 
53 events. Um, it's not great. Coming off a miscut on the chat. Is that the challenge tour or the Chinese tour? It's a challenge tour. Uh, this is not, this is not great. I'll be real with you. Do I, do you have any info on groupings or tea times? They're all available. Um, just Google Olympic golf tea times. I mean, I like, I could do it for you. Olympic golf tea times. Here they are. Three balls. Hoshino, Peter, Straka. I literally just clicked the first link when I Googled that. Um, do you like M over Kim? I think you have to, right? Are you getting that straight up? Because the the betting odds are are much more in favor of Sung JM. So if you're just following the pure data and what Vegas wants to say about it, and you're getting even money, you would have to take M over Kim. Unless I'm missing that. Hit that like button, says Brandon. Thank you. Who do you have the most exposure to 10K or above? Um, his name is Colin Morikawa. And he lives down the street. Do you know if there's shot tracker? Uh, here's the million dollar question. I have no idea. And um, I doubt it, Damon. They just, I swear it is like these lasers are, um, they're only allowed in the United States. They never take them anywhere else. They never take them anywhere else. Uh, so I doubt it. I would be happy to be pleasantly surprised. I'm worried that we don't get anything, right? Like no like greens and regulation. Like I'm, I'm worried they just throw up the leaderboard. I'm worried about that. We'll see. Uh, Super chat. Why is it from Phil? So, hey, Phil, thank you very much. Why isn't Emiliano Grillo playing? He was showing in the fields and betting odds initially. Yeah, you know what? I didn't hear about that. Uh, I also was under the impression he was playing. He was in the field. I, I You know what? I, I meant to look it up and I don't know. But he was he qualified for Argentina. So I don't, I don't know what happened there. Thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. Jeez, I'm not going to read that one, but that's very funny. Um, what is Captain America's ownership? I have him at uh, 14%, which is pretty low, all things considered. Do you like this type of format this week, or do you prefer to sweat the cut and then let her rock? Um, I don't care. They're just different, right? I, I think four cuts is or four rounds is always fun because you're live for longer. But the but the the idea of having a six of six on a Friday night and knowing that the six of six number was like three percent because I went to cutsweats.com and looked at it would be like like that's a good feeling. It's a it's a good feeling. So they're just different. Who's a better no cut event golfer, Cam Smith or Corey Connors? Uh, so you can kind of do this. The way that I would probably do this is I would just go to the Holy Grail and I would um, I should probably make a button for this, but you could just go through and do the no cut events. I'm going to try to do these pretty quickly. I might miss some here, so don't fry me, but um, I'm going to just try to click the no cut events quickly and someone can correct me if I'm wrong later, or you can go to rickrungood.com and you can do this yourself, which is probably encouraged um, because I'm just scrolling through very quickly and grabbing these WGCs. And Zozo. Okay. And then sort by strokes gain total. And the question was, Cam Smith or Corey Connors? Uh, well, Cam Smith is here gaining 0.5 strokes per round since the start of 2015. And Corey Connors is here uh, losing just a hair. So about a half a stroke towards Cam Smith in these events, if that is the way you want to look at it. Yeah, this is kind of the other thing. 
Uh, and this is a really good, this is, this is a really good kind of like check your narrative thought. Um, the question or the comment from unknown says, I get the M and Kim narrative, but if these dudes can turn it on and off when they want, wouldn't they be winning majors all the time? Yeah. I mean, great point. That's, that's kind of like, I always, it's kind of the same thing with course history a little bit like, Oh, they can just flip a switch or when someone's like, Oh, he's on his last, his last start for a major medical. Well, shouldn't he have been trying on his second to last start of a major medical or his third to last start or something like that? So I, I tend to agree with this. Can you explain how ownership projections are done? Um, yes. Over the last five years, um, I have honed the calculation and gotten it very accurate. A lot of it is natural, um, building points for people, what popular golfers are going to be depending on their recent form, depending on their overall popularity. And this week is by far the hardest week to ever do ownership projections. Um, my wife's pick is give me Paul Casey. You do not want my opinion on cash games. Yeah. Okay. So I guess we shouldn't get out of here before we talk about Hideki Matsuyama. I, um, I'm probably more bullish on Hideki than most. Again, you have to, do you care about the, the pressure thing? Like, do you care about that? Um, you probably shouldn't. The idea is he is, uh, one of the best approach players on planet earth. Uh, this is a place I know is on the West course, but he's probably, he's won twice at this country club on the other course, but he's probably very familiar with the East course, probably very familiar with the way this is going to play. Uh, so, so, so I would not mind having a lot of exposure to Hideki. It's a good question. What is your go-to DraftKings game each week? Uh, the, the bigger single entries, like the hundred dollar and $200 single entries, the ones that pay, uh, two times your buy-in for the last payout spot and they only rake 9.9%, which is still kind of crazy. Uh, those are the best ones. <laughs> I'm not going to read some of these comments, but they're pretty good. Um, is it true that if I pay for NBC sports gold and Peacock that I can't watch without any, without another subscription? I'm not sure what that means. You should be able to watch it on Peacock, right? And NBC sports gold. I don't know. Contact them. I'm not sure about that. I guess the question for me on Im and Siwoo and Hideki, is it possible for them to have gotten extra work in on this course if they took off time beforehand? Yeah. So um, yeah, they had access and uh, Hideki's been there for a while, right? He, weren't there pictures of him on the range there like 10 days ago? Uh, Hideki's been there for a while. I don't think Siwoo and Sungjae got there until um, until more recently, but they, they've been there. They've, they've, got, they've got plenty of looks. What other Olympic sports have you been watching? Uh, the triathlon? That's kind of fun. You can win and lose in those transitions. Uh, we watch a lot of gymnastics, but gymnastics is, you know, everybody likes that. It's kind of it's boring. It's whatever. Um, what else have I watched? Oh, mountain biking. First of all, you also shouldn't be allowed to walk your bike up the mountain. Isn't that against the point of biking up the mountain? I don't know, but that's pretty good. And then, um, I don't know what else I've watched. We're recording everything. So we've got like a year's worth of content to go back and watch. All right. I'm out of questions. So I'm going to end it there. Uh, that shall do it for this week's live chat. No cut sweat because there is no cut and it will happen at like the middle of the night. So no cut sweat this week. Uh, go subscribe to rickrungood.com. Go follow the instructions and get yourself an opportunity to win these bad boys from Sun J.M. If he meddles.
that's the caveat. I really don't want to part with these, but if he medals, I'm 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 happy to part with them. Um, so go get those, and then tonight, eight fifteen p.m. Eastern time, in the same place that you are right now, the Rick Rungood YouTube channel, Jock Market Live Chat. We'll give away a hundred bucks. We'll talk through a lot of strategy. We'll have a lot of fun. Maybe crack a few brewskis, uh, and that shall do it. I'm going to play the outro. Pet your dogs. Goodbye.